Welcome to the podcast. We are jam-packed today with lots of stuff. Bessie DeVos is going to join us. She is the former education secretary. She comes on to talk about the problems in our schools. Bill O'Reilly is here for his weekly hit on the biggest news stories of the week. Michael Malice is here. Very funny appearance from Michael Malice today. Uh, Mike Gonzalez joins us about how George Soros is currently trying to buy up Spanish language radio stations across the country. Uh, and we talked to Jason Whitlock, who's in trouble. I mean, at least he doesn't certainly seem like he's in trouble, but the media wants him to be in trouble with something he uh, posted about LeBron James. We have him on to discuss it. It's a great show and a great kickoff to the weekend. Here's the podcast. Hey, I want to talk to you about our sponsor for the podcast today. Uh, it's Goldline, and tons of Americans still don't know that it's possible to use your retirement account to acquire precious metals. They, you know, saving up for retirement. How much of your retirement did you lose just in the last week? You're saving up for it, and then the market crash comes, and this is only the beginning, gang. Or you put it in dollars, and your dollars are so inflated by the government that your buying power is worth less and less. How are you going to retire? The one thing I haven't lost any money on uh, this week is gold. You can now put this into your retirement account. Tell Goldline that I sent you and use the promo code MYB, which represents Mind Your Business. It's a it's a silver bar that we made, but Mind Your Business is something that um, used to be on our first coins here in America, which I love. Mind Your Own Business. Uh, you just call in, request the information at their website on how you can take a portion of your money and move that into something stable like gold or silver. Goldline.com, the hedge against insanity. Well, I think we're insane at this point. It'd be very much the same thing to do to call Goldline now. 866-GOLDLINE. You're listening to... The best of the Glenn Beck program. Well, hello, Stu. I don't know if you've gotten the good news, but uh, Brian Stelter is down to his final weeks, if not days, at CNN. Uh, This is not, I assume, an official statement from CNN. Well, no. No, but apparently they are internally saying that, you know, they are, Brian Stelter is the chief example of what everything the new company hated. And gosh darn it, couldn't happen to a nicer person. Well, you know, it's one thing for a host to come out and have all sorts of like opinions and, you know, like for example, Don Lemon. I'm not a fan of Don Lemon. Don't think he's, uh, don't like his show at all, but he's an opinion guy supposedly that comes out and says what he believes uh, in the middle of the night. And I guess I'm, I'm supposed to be interested in that. I can take it. You know, Stelter though, doesn't present himself that way though. He does do a lot of, uh, a lot of opinion on his broadcast, it seems, and uh, maybe that's the type oh, of distinction they're opinion? trying to strengthen. Huh, I I always thought it was uh, I thought it was always lies because he does <laughs> um, uh, present himself as an authority on everything, and there's a difference. You know, I will tell you the facts that I know, and I that will tell you then my opinion about it and what it means. Uh, 
Brian just goes on as a journalist and saying, this is what's happening. Everybody who disagrees with CNN is a dinosaur and they need to be they need to be ground into oil. That's the way we can get a cleaner planet. All conservatives must be ground into oil. Wait, what? Yeah, I, I, do you actually so anyway, think there's hope uh, here Glenn, for CNN? Do you think that the the CNN approach from this new company, are they going to to I mean it does seem like they're attempting to at least communicate to the public generally that they want a real change and they realize that what they were doing before does not work. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll depend. I mean, it's kind of like uh, Joe Biden. He said he really wanted an end to the chaos. You know, he just wanted to make America normal again, you know, so we weren't always, you know, up in arms about everything. Yeah. So mm, I, I we'll see. Yeah, we'll see about that. I think that there is a, a real, um, uh, real doubt. I think the American people think at this point, if this administration has brought us back to normal, we don't want normal. Exactly right. Okay, let me tell you something from the uh, New York Times. I think you're going to love this. Uh, Biden has already put together a team to come up with options in case Roe versus Wade is overturned, including declaring a national public health emergency. Now, still, gosh, don't you wish there was someone that could have warned the American people that this administration is just going to start issuing national emergencies it might be a time to remind people to subscribe to blaze tv at blaze tv.com slash glenn with the promo code <laughs> glenn to save yes, 10 bucks oh yeah <laughs> all right okay so here's what it is in case uh they overturn roe versus wade the uh intent of the biden administration is to make sure the fda approves abortion pills that would override any state bans on abortion so you could you could buy the pills, they'll send them to you, and you know you're that way you'll be able to uh, roll around in pain on the floor of your bathroom, and it'll be wonderful. See, they care about women. Um, the The uh, abortion team is overseen by the White House lawyer Dana Remus. Uh, Dana Remus, she's the director of the White House Gender Policy Council. Now, can I ask you this? The United States has a entire council on gender in the White House. I mean, that seems like something that, you know, maybe the White House shouldn't be engaged in, with, you know, with a whole council. Do they have an office? Is there like a wing now, a gender <laughs> wing? Uh, it really is a disturbing chain of events here. I, I really thought yeah. that this was simple. You know, there... There really was a time, and it wasn't that long ago, that it was pretty easy to figure out there was a boy, there was a girl, we kind of all understood there was the men are from Mars and women are from Venus thing. Like, how many planets would you need now to put this together? Oh, you'd only need one because there's no difference between any of them. Oh. And we can't identify anybody, so it's just kind of like it, you know, the grand central planet. Whatever planet that is, 
Uh, and <laughs> I, I think we've actually been transported to that planet, Stu, because I, I don't recognize this as the Earth I grew up on. Um, so Dana, Dana, uh, Dana Remus is uh, part of it. She's the gender policy council. Also, uh, Jennifer Klein, she's the director of the domestic policy council led by Susan Rice, which I just love that. Now, one of the plans under consideration is to bring abortion doctors to work on U.S. military bases within states that ban abortion. So not only is your government, remember, we will never pay for abortion. That's crazy taxpayer dollars going to pay for abortion. Now our military base will be an abortion center. I got to tell you, at some point, I stopped paying taxes. Mm. I don't know what that point is because I really don't want to go to jail. <laughs> but at some point, you just you're you're morally you're mo- you will be morally convicted for this. Wouldn't you? I mean, you want your tax dollars going to pay for a military that is also performing abortions against the law. Look, I wow. I agree with you on, on, what, on what, it being what, morally what, offensive. What though I will say, if I adopt mm-hmm. that standard, I'm going back to I'm going to have to break in to the IRS offices and reclaim a lot of tax dollars that I did not feel morally uh, that were acceptably paid. Uh, you know, you, you, it's tough. You go down these roads and it's like, I don't stand for a lot of the stuff that my taxes go to. In fact, I don't stand at all even for the tax itself. I consider it to be essentially theft. And the first thing I would love the, <laughs> right. them to do yeah, is go and point. repeal the 16th Amendment to get rid of it forever. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I don't know that uh, that's not really. I, I think you. I think there's a federal case to be made. I mean, I really do. I mean, I'm not one to go, I'm not paying my taxes out of protest because I know what would happen to me. Right. I would be in a very, very dark cell and never heard from again. So, you know, and but I, I also believe that rule of law. But is there not uh, a case to be made that you said, first of all, my tax dollars won't go to pay for abortion. Now you're using the military to break the law that the Supreme Court just said the states have the right. You're using the military to do it anyway. Um, they're also uh, they're also looking to providing federal funds to give travel expenses to those who want an abortion. So they don't do it at the military base. They'll just say, you know what? Guess who got? Guess who has a free trip to New York abortion clinics? You do, and you do, and you do. Uh, so that's uh, that's uh, that's 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 uh, you know that's really good. By the way, he talked about this with Jimmy Kimmel. He said, "I'm looking at different things that can be used uh, as executive orders." This goes back to the show we just did this last week. FDR is um, is the most executive orders will be, I think he's in the end, if, well, no, because he had four terms. But he's going to be close to FDR on executive orders. He's ruling everything from the executive office. Everything. 
Yeah, that was his big goal, right? To right. try to become uh, the next FDR. And that was his big uh, goal behind the scenes. Yep. His advisors were talking him into it. Be bold. Be the next FDR. And, of course, he may get to some of the records that FDR set over four terms. But it's going to be things like inflation and debt and utter catastrophe. Yes. Right. So let me give you this one. The vice president, uh, Kamala Harris, has announced the launch of a task force to address online harassment and abuse. Harris praised the task force in her remarks uh, as a means for societal progress. We need we need the Claxton air horn for this one. Whenever you hear societal for progress, societal progress, you should look out. No one should have to endure abuse just because they're attempting to participate in society. Oh my gosh, I don't think I can take that. I don't think I can remain silent on that because, boy, wouldn't I love to show you the abuse I've taken just so I can participate in society. (sighs) A memo on the task force released by the White House condemned gendered disinformation and proclaimed the administration will be developing programs and policies to address online harassment abuse, and disinformation campaigns targeting women and LGBTQI+. These, uh, they are going to stop the harassment, the abuse, and the disinformation on those who are public and political figures, government and civic leaders, activists, and journalists in the United States and globally. Um, I think, now I could be wrong, Stu, but I, man, I, I think that rings the big warning bell on the First Amendment. This is government now curtailing speech. Yeah, I think you're right on that. And, you know, I I know I understand they have to give Kamala something to do other than just utter nonsensical, you know, gibberish in in a speech here and there, because that's been pretty much her role so far. I know she was supposed to solve the border. She was supposed to solve, I think, Ukraine for a while. Now they've got her on speech, but I don't know. To me, when you start doing stuff like this, you really do walk that line of a First Amendment violation. And I will not be surprised if it if there's any teeth to it at all that places like Texas uh, will start suing over it. You know, I got to tell you, um, I'm so sick of your your misinformation and disinformation <laughs> on on Kamala Harris. Here she is. This is brilliant. This is from the speech. Uh, where she was talking about the internet. And I, I think we all can learn from this. Listen. Well, the internet is an essential part of life in the 21st century. Can't get around it. Can't get around without it. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's fantastic. Such brilliance. Oh, God. We did. Spills right out of her. Yeah, we, we did. Spills, she can't keep it inside. It's it amazing. Right yeah, we did a, a new uh, Veep Thoughts uh, the other day. Uh, VeepThoughts.com. You can see the whole collection of these, which is sort of like the SNL Deep Thoughts from back in the day. And they just highlight some of the incredible uh, knowledge and inspiration that comes from Kamala Harris every single day. The okay. one yesterday, we well, do we have? I don't think I don't know if we have it handy, but uh, it is it's it's yeah, remarkable. Well, I tell you what, let me do a commercial, and then yeah, we'll come back and do a Veep thought here in sixty seconds. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the program. It is Friday. We go to the extremes. Bill O'Reilly. 
um, who is very conventional in his thinking to um, Michael Malice, who is an anarchist in his thinking and on his business cards. It's weird to have an anarchist with a business card, but uh, Michael uh, Malice is here. Uh, he joins us. I love to see. I love to see the way people think. Uh, and when you're talking to people that you might even disagree with and from time to time, you're, you expand your horizons uh, and usually your knowledge and try to think out of the box. That is so important now. The author of uh, The Anarchist Handbook and also the host of Your Welcome, the very funny Michael Malice. Hello, Michael. Sir, I'm in the business of freedom, but l- let me say something else. Um, when I was calling into the show, your producer left their mic on, and they said of, of me, you know, he's a troll on social media, and I don't know that I'd want to tempt him to be a sh- troll on the air. So here is a list of words you probably don't want me to say. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, no, 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 we've, been, we've gone down that road. We've gone down that road before with other talent, and that's not a good road. I, I sure I'm still regulated by the blunder. FCC. <laughs> well because you you are you take delight in being a troll online well i think Do you not you know very much so and i think it serves a yeah. societal purpose because if these demons in washington are treated with any sort of respect that gives them the space and permission to literally uh kill young men and women overseas and american soldiers overseas yeah. and to impose on our lives with you know absolute impunity and it is only when they are treated with the contempt that they deserve that their you know machinations are forestalled and it saves them from violence too i i want to i want to uh, talk to you about the gun control thing here in a oh. second but i but i would love to hear your take on now two days and i think in a row um president biden has said that he was going to use emergency powers to yesterday take over the gas and oil companies so they do what they have to do and today he's talking in the new york times about using a national emergency and executive emergency powers to declare a medical emergency if the uh supreme court says uh roe versus wade is a thing of the past that's terrifying michael that's fascism uh, it's it's very. I mean, we've had precedent for this before, but I think he's getting the idea from Trudeau, uh, as we remember not that yes. long ago, the freedom truckers were causing a ruckus in Canada, and for the first time in Canadian history, not even after nine eleven, they invoked the Emergency Act, and who knows where they put those people? They're probably in a gulag right now, and we're never going to hear from them again, just like the January sixth people uh, who who were imprisoned. Um, I th- I don't think people should be surprised. Uh, I, I would recommend people read Ayn Rand's novel Atlas Shrugged from 1957, where she points – it's a novel, mm-hmm. but she points out that the government creates emergencies and then grants itself emergency mm-hmm. powers. And I would also l- like mm-hmm. to point out that this is grotesquely against the Constitution, but no one in Washington, uh, especially the Republicans, uh, give two whatevers about what the Constitution has to say. And as a very obvious example of this, no one, not even Thomas Massey, who's great on the Constitution – bothered to invoke the First Amendment right to peaceably assemble when it came to the quarantines and lockdowns. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, so let's talk about uh, John Cornyn, who is Ooh. absolutely worthless. I mean, if 
I'm not going to move for it, but man, I am so tempted to move to wherever I have to live to just run against John Cornyn because I think a sock puppet that knows the Constitution could beat that guy in Texas. He's awful. Um, he is, but he's he, taking credit. Go ahead. No, he, I agree with you. I, I think you and I are just basically going to be in the same barbershop quartet finishing each other's lyrics. Uh, he's absolutely yeah. reprehensible, uh, uh, just slime. And I'll, the reason why I'm using that term, you know, as compared to the other 99 senators is, as you know, he had this tweet and he was boasting, you know, he's part of these negotiations, selling out Second Amendment rights on behalf of getting, you know, the Democrats and the corporate press to kind of hate him a little bit less. And he had this nice meme as uh, is made on it looks like it was made on PowerPoint, very presentational, very nice presentation is <laughs> bullet points, ironically bullet points. And it says ideas rejected in negotiation. I'm looking at it right now. There's a list of nine things, uh, universal background checks, mandatory waiting period. Only one does he describe as unconstitutional, meaning a mandatory safe storage requirements for firearms and homes. All the others he's saying we these are ideas we rejected. Why? Because we knew that if they were included, the bill would not command the votes. So he's not even saying, I'm against these ideas. Look at me as a Republican. Yep. I defeated you know, Chuck Schumer's schemes for your guns. And some of the ideas they rejected were mandatory waiting period for all gun sales, assault weapons bans for 18 to 21-year-olds. I got into arguments on Twitter. Your rights are absolute. They're not subject to regulation by the state. Right. And I would... I would love the idea of someone to say to have voting. You've got a waiting period. Election day is the third. Yep. You got to wait till the 20th. Uh, assault weapons. Amen. Ban for 18, 21 year olds. You're 18, 20 year old. You can't vote. It doesn't matter what it says and whatever that amendment was. It's, it's absolutely absurd and obscene. And I'm very glad that people like him are causing people like me to become gun owners and gun stalkers. So let me ask you this, Michael. He said universal background checks before you could buy a gun. They won't even let us uh, say you need ID to vote. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, I, I, mean, this, yeah I mean, does anyone doubt any longer that this is part of a long-term plan to disarm the population, as they're seeing in Canada no. right now? These red flag yep. laws, which they're trying to push, are just a way for people to backdoor have gun bans. So, um, Michael, let me uh, let me take you here to the red flag laws, which I find terrifying, um, as we all hopefully have learned with the Patriot Act. You can't, defi- you know, you d- define a terrorist today is not the terrorist of tomorrow. It's who's ever in charge that can define that um, with everything that we have going on with, you know, uh, gender mislabeling as a hate crime and everything else. There's not going to be an American that gets to keep their gun, let alone the guy who is a gun owner, married a woman. She's not necessarily, you know, a gun owner. Maybe she is. But she says during the divorce or threatens him, look, you give me what I want or I'm going to tell them you're a danger, mentally unstable and a danger with those guns. He loses his right. These red flag laws are a nightmare. Or what about when the when the husband is violent and the wife had had mental issues because of the abuse and he red flags her and now she can't protect herself from the violent ex-husband? It goes both ways. And we know how this is going to work out because we've seen decades during the drug war of civil, civil asset forfeiture. 
civil asset forfeiture yep. means if I'm a cop and I think that you have used your house, money, car in the service of drug sales, I can seize it without any due process at all. And then you have to adjudicate and demonstrate that you're innocent and get it back. Good luck. Get making that happen when I've taken all your money. How are you going to hire a lawyer to begin with? So it's a complete inversion of due process. And we, as the result of these civil asset forfeiture laws, cops are now seizing more money than all burglaries combined because it's a great, they have a huge incentive to take these nice yachts Whoa. and houses because that money goes directly into their uh, um, departments. So this creates really disturbing incentives. And I'll say one more thing. There are plenty, you and I, everyone listening to this would agree, just in principle, terrorists should not have guns in America. That, that's not a question, right? There are plenty right. of people right now who would say to you that the NRA is a terrorist organization. All it would take oh, yeah, is no. one, one bill to say that the NRA is now a terrorist organization, and literally every NRA member now has been red flagged. Michael, you and I agree on so much. Um, you know, you you believe in anarchy, and it's not just a theory to you. It's a you you believe it should be enacted, um, not in the way Black Bloc and Antifa, et cetera, et cetera. You and I disagree on so much, and our friend circles, I'm sure, are different. Um, what do your friends? What do your anarchist friends say about being a friend with me? Oh, they think you're great. I, I mean, the thing you have to appreciate is I don't think, and I hope you don't think, with this progressive idea that everything has to be politicized. I judge people how they treat others and how they treat me. Uh, not everything is a function right. of politics. And sorry Amen. to out you, Glenn, but everyone who works for you thinks you're really nice. I wouldn't, I wouldn't overgeneralize that one, Michael. I don't think that's well, fair. Well, not Stu. <laughs> Stu is the biggest phony. Oh. Like the th you should hear oh. Sarah Gonzalez. She cries about him every day. I get DMs from him. He's at it again. I think he's got a knife now. It's, it's horrifying. The poor woman. Red flag, red flag, red flag. Red flag, Stu. Uh, that's, Michael. That's what they should call <laughs> Thank you so much, Michael. I appreciate it. God bless you. Uh, Michael Malice. Fun, uh, his podcast <laughs> is... Uh, is called You're Welcome, uh, and you have to listen to find out why it's called that. But it's a it's a great podcast, and you can look for the one that I did with him. I, I thought it was I thought it was really brilliant. He's a brilliant, brilliant guy. All right, back in just a second. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Jason Whitlock is uh, here, much to the Daily Beast and uh, other clowns, um, much to their shock. We believe at the uh, blaze that uh, black men can think and act on their own without white men being an overseer. Uh, it's pretty shocking, I know, uh, but somehow or we somehow or another. Uh, Jason Whitlock convinced us to do that. Hello, Jason. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, Glenn. I'm very good. Yeah. I, I love that open. 
Yeah. So y- yesterday you published something. You were you were talking about um, uh, what's his name? Um, LeBron Ethan James. Lyman, LeBron and, James. I was talking about LeBron James. Yeah. And uh, you were you put a picture of him in a Klan T-shirt and a hood, uh, and uh, and the the left wing media did not like that. They they how dare you? And then they ended up blaming me for it somehow or another, saying that this is what I did, uh, and I had nothing to do with it. Nobody has anything to do with anything on each show except the host of the show. So yeah, let's go on. I, I'm very. Uh... I take pride in my writing career. That's what I, that's my favorite thing on the planet to do. I believe writing is the highest form of communication. If it wasn't, God would have put the Bible out on DVD, but he had it written. <laughs> and so I, I've gotten a really accomplished, and I'm not ashamed to say this, I have a really accomplished writing career as a columnist. You could make the argument yeah. I'm the best sports writer of the last 20, 30 years and one of the top cultural critics as well. And I'm 55 yeah, but, 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 years but, 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 old. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You could say all of that, but let's get to the real story. Who's the white man behind you doing all of the hard work? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, it, it, his name is Jesus Christ, <laughs> Jimmy Whitlock. Joyce Whitlock, Lovey Kennedy, uh, those are the people. If you want to blame somebody, don't blame Glenn Beck, Stephen Crowder, Mark Levin. Blame Jesus. Blame my parents. Blame my brother. Blame my sister. Blame my grandmother. The people that invested in me. Uh, Jesus is listening right now going, wait a minute, I didn't have anything to do with this. (laughs) Oh, he had a lot to do with it. (laughs) Because so make listen, the case what really here. Upset about because is yeah. I'm exposing uh, the bigotry of the left, and I've just finished writing my follow-up column because these guys got me fired up. And and look, the left has convinced people like LeBron James and a lot of black people to adopt the mindset of the KKK, and that's why. Uh, a, a white kid could be murdered on LeBron James's school property, and he has virtually nothing to say about it because the white kid was murdered by three black men, and LeBron James has a KKK mentality, and so he expects young black men to act violently and immorally, and so he doesn't care. Meanwhile, if someone white commits a crime, LeBron James actually has standards for white people. He actually is outraged when they fail morally. But when black people do, he's got nothing. And so, again, he thinks white people are superior. He thinks black people are inferior. And if you judge his actions through that accurate lens, you can see this guy is a bigot. He's a black KKK member. And I've been writing and talking about this for 15 years. This is not the first time I've made some reference to the black KKK. It's certainly not the first time uh, that I've made some reference that I call the DNC, the Democratic National Committee. I call them the Dead Negroes Confederacy because that's what they love. Oh my Dead gosh. Negroes. And that's what all oh of their gosh. policies lead to the death of Negroes. 
This is all obvious. I spell it all out today. The party, their whole program is about the promotion of the death of Negroes. And LeBron James is a soldier in that movement. I will tell you, the entire left is a is a death cult. It really is a death cult. Um, and I think, you know, they started with the African-American community with the early progressives. Uh, but I think they're on to pretty much everybody. They, you know, they, they don't mind wishing death on just about anybody, no matter what their skin color is. It, look, I've argued we're the lab rats. We were first in their lab. And look, my overall narrative, if you tie everything I, I say together, it's just that the left understands that to move American culture, you have to move black culture first. And again, it's because they understand the history of America. And I keep arguing the same thing. Like, as black Americans, we should be taking great pride in our role in the development of this country. We were the steroids. We were the moral compass. America's fight to live up to those biblical principles that we were founded upon and the whole arguing about slavery and race that all propelled, compelled America to fix its moral flaws and to continue to move in a positive direction. And that's been our narrative, that's been our history, and that's why we've been the envy of the world. And the left understands this, the importance of black culture and how you can use it to drive this country to be the greatest thing on this planet, and now they're using it to drive this country to tear itself down. And, and, and we have to put a stop to it, and they have to be called out for what they're doing. Um, first of all, I just have to say, today with the new article, would you please put Woodrow Wilson uh, in, a, uh, in, a, uh, Le- uh, in a LeBron James jersey? Uh, I just <laughs> think that would be great. <laughs> I was I'm actually going to put uh, Joe Biden in one, but... Uh, that's the game plan, so. <laughs> uh, all right. You know, you could put Margaret Sanger in one too. Yeah. I mean, you could have a whole crowd of them. Um, let me play something. You know, we we're talking about this, this, the way all of it ends in death on Monday. I'm going to be doing a show, um, on some things that have been said at the world economic forum and some of the leaders of the world economic forum that are truly terrifying. Uh, guys, I want to play, let's see here. It is, uh, it is cut, what is it, one, two, three, four, Klaus Schwab advisor. Uh, I want you to listen to this. This is just this is just the opening soundbite of some amazing audio. Listen to this. I, I, again, I think that the biggest question, in, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decades, will be what to do with all these useless people. The problem okay. is more... So- uh, you can stop. Uh, and he goes on to, you know, they've got plans for useless people. And uh, I think that's wonderful. I, have you ever described anyone, anyone at any time as useless people? Glenn, uh, I can guarantee you this. Though nothing in the Bible, no human being in the Bible is described as useless people. Uh, and just that what he just said speaks to the secular values, the hostility towards a biblical worldview that's being adopted globally or spreading globally 
or and is trying to be forced down America's throats. Uh, there are no useless people, but that speaks to a mindset, and that's again, they want to eliminate these people that they view as as useless, and that's why they promote abortion, and that's why the left, and just for me as a black person, when I see the astronomical numbers of black people that are you, black women using abortion as a birth control measure, it, again, and the left has convinced us that this is some sort of great freedom and right, the right to kill our own babies and to slow our population growth, it's a death culture that does not value human life. And back to LeBron, it is it is also um, uh, possibly one of the reasons why nobody cares about the shootings uh, of black children and black on black crime. It's, there's uh, it's no question use, about it. Get rid of useless people. There's there's no question about it. Look the other way. Total indifference. There's no more lethal emotion than indifference. And the indifference to the carnage we see in a lot of black neighborhoods, the indifference we see with the carnage done to the black family, and the, and the yeah. fact that the left has promoted the idea that, hey, let's disrupt the nuclear family. That's a good thing. And then you see all the chaos that comes out of these families where where the nuclear family has been disrupted and everybody's indifferent about it. And oh yeah, this is eventually gonna work if we can just have more fatherless homes, if we can have more disrupted nuclear families, things will get better. It's insanity, but it's a promotion of death and chaos and it's it's working. Jason, thank you so much. I love your show. love all the hard work that you put into it. It's very, very well thought out and, uh, and you know, in, in some regards, very, very Christ-like. I hate to say that about anybody on the radio because I know we all, you know, we all use, you know, like dressing LeBron James up as a KKK. Might not be the thing Jesus did, but he wasn't doing a show. <laughs> so thank you so I don't know much. If they had mirrors back then, but that's all I'm doing is just trying to hold up a mirror. Thank you, Glenn. Love you, brother. God bless you, man. You bet. Love you too, Jason Whitlock. Uh, you watch his show on YouTube and uh, also on Blaze TV. It's a great show. You don't want to miss it. Na, 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 na.